This is going to be interesting. I have a new box to adjust my headphones. The one that I've been using on our control board, and just giving you kind of an idea of what it's like here in our studio. Uh, it's Eric. Welcome to the show today. Uh, some things to get to. Uh, several sports-centric things, but I think some things of interest as well. Before we get to the one and only Jan in the mid. Uh, so we have this control board, and as you might guess, all the buttons are on the control board. The headphone jack, um, where I can turn the volume in my ears, is is shorted out. So I like to, depending on um, the song that I'm playing on the radio or how I'm talking or if there's music underneath my voice, I will fiddle with the volume of the headphone uh, as I'm talking like I would be right now. But with the short, if I move it even a millimeter, it could go up to like 120 decibels. If I move it the other way, it could go down 20 decibels. If I move it another millimeter, it could go all the way down to zero. Um, that's not the problem when it hits 120 decibels. It's a big, big problem. Uh, we had some problems yesterday. Can we start with, um, the battle of I-75? This is, this has been a very bad season for Toledo, even though they're now what, seven and four and they're Mac West champions. Um, there have been, and I'll try to keep this as little hardcore sports as possible. Try to be very general. Um, so the Rockets have seven wins. They're the MAC West champions. They'll be playing in the MAC title game um, in the near future in Detroit. They were a 15-point favorite yesterday against Bowling Green, who has had a pretty darn good season uh, to their standards. They won their sixth game by beating UT. They're bowl eligible for the first time, I think, in six or seven years. In fact, if a couple of things fall the way of BG, they there could be a battle of... I-75 rematch, up 75 in Detroit at Ford Field, which I'm sure UT would really like, or maybe they don't want to see the Falcons again. Last night, UT was a 15-point favorite, and obviously they lost to their, in the, in the fierce, in a fierce rivalry to a lesser team, no matter how much better BG is this year than in years past. Now, I know UT didn't have their their star quarterback, uh, Daquan Finn, and the guy filling in for him, I guess, broke a hand some way, uh, some, sometime through the game and kept playing. But they, UT was basically out of it for a majority of the game. Then, um, with not much time left, UT finally got their first lead, uh, 35-34. And inexplicably... They allowed BG to score a last-second touchdown to win the game. I think they were BG was 42 yards out, which means they would have had to get a little further to have a good chance to kick a field goal, a last-second field goal, with probably no time left on the clock to beat the Rockets. Uh, Bowling Green was just trying to get a couple of yards, trying to get 7, 10 yards to get in the field goal range. Instead, it was a 42-yard touchdown where... Eight guys missed tackles, including about four or five at one time. Um, absolutely the most thrilling battle of I-75 I can remember, and an inexplicable loss by the Rockets. In years past, there have been whispers that they got to win a bowl game, and and that's the albatross 
uh, hanging over Jason Candle's head, who has a new-ish athletic director, Brian uh, Brian Blair, who's really good on Instagram. Seems like a really good dude. Loves to be on the grill. Mary Bill, you wrote a great story about that. Um, When you have a new boss, they like to bring in their own people. And from all accounts, Jason Candle, he and his wife are fantastic people in the community. But college football programs have standards, and a lot of those standards include include winning. And I don't know any uh, like UT football donors or alumni, but they probably want wins and bowl wins. And even though there's seven wins so far this year, they were run off the field in Columbus. It was seventy something to not a lot. I mean, you expected Ohio State to win, but not by that much. Just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they gave up a big lead and allowed Buffalo to come back and beat them. And then the game last night, which won, I guess they weren't ready for because BG was up real fast. They had the lead. They couldn't stop them. They could have eight wins. Um, they have one more regular season game than the MAC title game. I guess the only way this season turns out really positive for UT to offset those three things is win three more games. Final game of the regular season, win the MAC title game, win a bowl game. Other and and even then, the three losses I've already mentioned are are big black eyes. Uh, last night was probably the biggest tailgate for a UT game in some time. Barstool Sports was here because of something they did that involved, I think, a video game and Toledo years ago. So they came to celebrate that for Maction. And um, the school can do what they want. I'm disappointed the mayor was part of this Barstool Sports broadcast. I'm disappointed that the city got so much behind it. The school, I'm fine with. The city, less so. Um, I am not diminishing the success that Barstool Sports has achieved in its relatively short lifetime. They're a phenomenal digital property, and the way they've grown has been absolutely nuclear. Um, but the guy that runs it, who was here last night, um, has some sexual assault allegations in his background. Uh, there are other allegations towards Barstool that they were stealing content and pictures. And I believe they, if you look up their Wikipedia, they're not without doing good. But some of the bad and really who they target and attract, which is the frat boy bro culture, which is why I'm fine with UT having them. Um, that's on that's on them, but the city is completely different. And the mayor being up there, um it's 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 not all it's not all either good or bad, but the resume for me is something that I would have stayed away from. And again, I don't like when you excite that culture the bro, the frat boy culture, um, some bad things can come out of that. Uh, they have also been attached to a lot of misogyny, but Eric, there are women that work for them. Those are women who can overlook that. And you know what? Maybe they see fame and they will lift off from there and get away from it. Uh, but misogyny has been part of barstool sports. And again, I'm not knocking the fame. It's not anything I ever want to be a part of. Um, and I'm, I'm wary of, of the crowds because again, there could be some ugly things in the chunk of people in their community. Not everybody, but enough of them. One more quick sports thing before we get to a to the closest I'll ever come to an only in Toledo story. Uh, the running back for Gibsonburg, I forget his name. Um, he had the fourth best 
running season in the state, in the state's history. He ran the ball 370 times. Um, NFL teams don't do that to their running backs anymore. And obviously that's a vastly different level of football. Maybe this kid at Gibsonburg, he ran it so many times because nobody touched him and he just kept running to the end zone. That's a lot of carries and that's a lot of beatings and that's potentially a lot of abuse. Again, the NFL play, NFL teams don't do that to their running backs anymore unless they're just going to get rid of them after the season. They have used them all up. Like you drive the car till the very last mile you can get out of it. Um, there, there is some, some data in the last 10 years of the NFL. They show you a running back who's carried the ball or touched the ball that many times. And the seasons after are nothing like the success they had in that particular season. There's like one guy every five years in the NFL who can take that amount of pounding. Point being here, um, I know that these kids want to play and score and be stars and the coaches want to win football games and these football cultures, high school football cultures, not all of them, can be pretty toxic and they can get single-minded and narrow-minded. I'm curious if any parents said, that's a that's a big beating for a kid to take. Um, I'm obviously not a parent, but and, and I'm not going to make a big stink out of that. But it's just something that I'm curious if anybody else happened to notice. What else do we have to get to today? Um, I'm not an only uh, only in Toledo person. I have to raise my voice a little bit and decry those when I see them because nine point eight zero times out of ten, when there's an only only in Toledo story, it's very likely that that thing happens in fifty seven other places. Um, and I think people who throw out only in Toledo are likely people who have never gotten far out of Toledo to experience more in the world. And that might not necessarily be their fault, but listen to people who have been and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's happened to a lot of places. That's just not a Toledo thing. Only in Toledo, only in Ohio, can it be 68 one day and 38 the next? Uh, no. The closest I'll come to only in Toledo is only in Van Wert. Uh, we've all seen the mink story, so I guess some uh, some animal rights people released all these minks from uh, a mink farm in in Van Wert. There were tens of thousands of them, somewhere between twenty five and forty thousand minks, who are nuisance carnivorous creatures. Um, they'll attack animals that are that are bigger than them, so they're a, they're a threat to wildlife. They're a threat to domestic pets as well. And I think these animal rights people thought they were doing something um, heroic and freeing these animals. But these animals, having always been there, will likely not survive in the wild. Uh, sometime last night, so uh, Tuesday evening, I believe there were people out shooting them and running them over. So a really ugly situation. Um, but it did make national news. Who let the minks out? If we're going to remix the Baja men from 20-some years ago. And uh, one number that caught my eye. Um, obviously, Van Wert and where this happened is a very rural area, and there was different levels of this number. But I believe in the specific area where the minks were let out of, um, the the amount of minks to the amount of people, the ratio is 60 minks to every one person. And again, this is a really ugly situation. Um, but to be a little cynical about it, to have a little sense of humor, 
if there were ever a town that was going to be taken over by minks, it would have been this spot simply for the amount of minks compared to people. Um, Al Smith's um, Jaden sent me a message yesterday, said some DJ in here is causing a ruckus at Al Smith's. I could tell it was a restaurant, but I'd never heard of it before. So um, I looked it up and uh, one, thank you for listening to the radio show at Al Smith's. And I would also like to try Al's Lean and Meat Triple Decker Club. It's a big sandwich. And we've talked a couple of days ago, I think, and, and, and frequently about how expensive food and meals are. Have gotten if you would get a, a like a reasonable size sandwich almost anywhere these days, it's at least ten dollars, probably 11, 12, 13, or more. Al's Lean and Meat Triple Decker Club, eight fifty. How about that? I've got to get over to Al's, and it's right on Executive Parkway. So uh, in a in a spot where I travel a lot, I've never heard of it. But Jaden, thanks for putting it on my radar. Um, one more thing before we bring in my friend Janet Amid here, and the headphone thing is working out very well. Um, the 82nd performance, certainly not at the Stranahan, but the 82nd performance of the Nutcracker here in Toledo happens as it always does. And you know that they try to get, um, someone of some fame, some, some celebrity, an important person in the community, the mayor, um, who I just had some harsh thoughts for a minute ago. He was Mother Ginger at one point, so I always like to see who the celebrities will be. Two people I didn't recognize, two people I did. Two people, those two people, are friends of mine. In fact, one of them I was talking to last week, and I must have misunderstood. I thought this person just knew of this. But my friend Stuart from the Ability Center will be Mother Ginger. One of uh, one time, uh, the other person is my friend Jason Kuchma from the library. He too, he's made it. Um, he too will be Mother Ginger for the Nutcracker. And I reached out earlier to uh, to Paul Cosman. Who's Paul? Paul is. It's almost been become like an annual thing now. Paul has been Scrooge for many many years and. Every time we have a podcast visit, he enjoys the heck out of it, and I do as well. I, I think I am happy that he gets such a good time out of it. So I want to bring him back and have that discussion again and see if he's bringing another Scrooge along. Will he hang up the Scrooge attitude at some point? Because he's been doing it for a very long time. Um, I'm sorry if I got too sporty there, but uh, some, some some important things. Um uh, a kid taking quite a beating on a high school football field. Um, UT having a unsuccessful, successful season. And uh, an entity that I would never support getting a lot of love from the city of Toledo. Somebody I love, my friend Janet Amid, right now. Hi, sweetie. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. My dad was here visiting last week. Did you happen to catch any I of know, that? I know. I saw it on Facebook. I'm so excited. Did you have a good time? What did you do? Um, not, not much. I was fortunate that the walleye had a day game for, for like, uh, kids to go to. And we went to that because my dad's so sports centric. Like he doesn't want to do the typical Toledo things like the art museum or a Metro park. So thank God, like that took up a good chunk of the day and he likes hanging out with the dogs and they, they like him a lot too. Well, he's, he's a, he's, he's a humanitarian and he's like you, he's, he's an animal lover. Yes. How are the little baby, do? how are the little ones doing? How are they doing? Uh, Diddy had a lump that I got 
looked at this morning, and it's just a fatty thing, an age thing, but it's not even big enough to uh-huh. biopsy. And um, I came home to some um, poorly spelled emails from my neighbor, who I have befriended as my HOA president. Has we were doing good cop, bad cop, and she sent a hard to read email. But I think she was saying that Andre was losing his shit while I was gone, which makes sense because. Where's dad? Aww. Where's the other dog? But um, yeah, every, everybody's. Every, I'm displeased, like you probably are, with the weather turn. But it's November, so what are you gonna do? Well, hopefully we'll have not such a bad uh, um, holiday. I mean, I hope it's gonna be the weather is gonna be good around the holidays. I'm forecasting it to be good. Well, I'm asking ho- ho- it to be good. Hold on, you deal with stuff in in space and signs. Not yeah, not the skies. Do. You don't you don't do meteor. Keep it to astronomy and astrology, not yeah, meteorology. Yeah, but if you ask for it, you know, with the with oh, the okay. secret, they always say you ask and you shall receive. So I'm trying to ask for decent weather uh, during the holidays because I travel back and forth to Columbus, and uh, I just want to make sure that the driving's okay and everything's good. I have a feeling we're going to have a decent. Uh, we're going to have a very decent winter i don't think it's going to be too bad i don't i i don't like ask for things because i don't want to be disappointed so what i'll do is i'll i'll kind of rationalize with myself so we've gotten winter a little bit earlier than we've had in recent years so i'm hoping that means it will end sooner than it has because like now you can't count on like nice weather till after mother's day Oh, I know. And, and, you know, the funny part is Mars is retrograde right now, and it's in Gemini. And what's interesting about that is with Mars, Mars rules action, motivation, energy. And I think it does have a lot. I know it sounds crazy, and people are going to think I'm crazy. But I think when, when Mars is retrograde, the weather is chaotic. Because when the red planet goes retrograde, it causes a lot of friction around us. And I think it can trigger things in the cosmos, in the skies, too. And I, can, I think it can affect the weather. Call me crazy. That's okay. I will. I will, I will not hesitate to call you crazy. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But we have, I feel like Thanksgiving Day will be pretty decent. Um, you know, we're going to have some good aspects for the, for our beautiful Thanksgiving holiday. So I don't think we're it's going to be a difficult time at that point. Um, Hopefully. Other than that, we've got the Mars this. Uh, what else is happening as we move into the holidays with all the planets that you're so familiar well, with? Well, Venus is, Venus, the planet of love, goes into, it, 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 you know, it's going to be in Sagittarius, which is wonderful. And what that does is when Venus is in Sagittarius, it's very, very positive, very opportunistic. Things are really good. It, it just, I feel like it can be very pleasant. So I even put on um, Facebook, I said, just in time for the holidays, Venus goes into Sagittarius, which is going to be wonderful. And it is a positive aspect on November 23rd, and that's good. And then Jupiter is going to go direct on November 23rd, so people born under Pisces, Sagittarius, feel this easiness, because Jupiter is the planet that rules opportunity, and when it's in retrograde, it's dimming its energy, and as it moves direct, people start to feel more expansive, they open up, it's it's a little easier, it's just not as chaotic, and Venus rules love, so all that's going to be like, we're going to have be one big happy family in the sky. Okay. Um, we could use that because yep. it's been a couple of lousy years, right? 
Oh, my gosh, it has been. And I think it's, well, I think with a lot of stuff going on with the electional stuff, that's going to be kind of crazy, too. Uh, we have a lot of crazy stuff hitting us that are going to be hitting us into next year. So we all have to be really careful with, you know, our lo- common sense. Let me put it that way. You know, that sort of thing. Cause that, there's a lot of nutty things going on in the world. That, that's and you a- know that, and I know that. That's asking for, we don't for a lot. We don't talk politics or religion, So, but what I will say is just, a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, we have uh, we have some some people who would like some readings. Can we help them out? I will be very happy to help them out. I will let you guide me. Okay. First up, Michelle, uh, November sixth, eighty four. Well, I have the same cr- career forever, which is which is spelled with about eighteen letters. Well, she is. Um, I would say she, no, I'm, I'm answering her. If she's listening to this, she had gone through a very, you know how I, you know, Eric, how I go into the past a little bit to explain the present. Right. So her first initial cycle took place in 2012 through 2015. She went through her Saturn return. This is a woman who has a lot of Sagittarius. She likes to be in control. She's very, very smart, uh, very intuitive. We don't know her time of birth, but we can see where everything else is aspecting. She should be in a field of psychology, research. Um, she loves autonomy, independence. No, I think she has been going through this crazy stage of her life since December of 2020. So she does not know whether she's coming or going. And hopefully, if she kind of gets it together, something could change for her next for her next spring, March of 2023, she should start feeling a little bit more in control. It should balance her out considerably. I feel like she should have made a change in the last few years uh, from 2020 through now. She has it because she gets stuck on certain things and she stays with it. She needs to think about making a change. Make change is a motivation for growth. Very wise. So she has to work on that a little bit. It can be really hard. You know, you get... <laughs> It's it's uh, there's it's inertia versus momentum. The inertia will keep you doing what you're doing, even though you know you have to do something differently. And I always try to remind myself and others, if you can just get like a, if you can start going like two miles an hour, it'll go to three, and then before you know it, hopefully you've escaped that inertia and that rut. Exactly. We get stuck in patterns and we don't know how to get out of it. It's like we're chasing our tail. We're going in a circle. And sometimes change can be scary, but sometimes, you know, staying stagnant, stagnant can also be scary. So we need to make little, if, if, if she's listening to this, she'll realize that if she makes a tiny little change, a little bit of a move, and that it could kind of, uh, it can kind of allow her to feel a little bit more, more so safe and making another change. I think that can happen down the road. I love her chart. She's extremely concerned about security and money. She's obsessed with it. So she just chills and relaxes. Do what you love and the money will follow. I'm glad you used the word obsessed in the way that you did. I know this is a, this yeah. is a tangent, but I obsessed became like a, a heavily used word in the last decade or so. And I didn't like, like people would say, oh, I'm just so obsessed with blankety blank. And they, they meant to say it in a positive way, but I have always viewed obsessed in a negative way. Oh, really? Yes. I'm obsessed with astrology. I'm obsessed with helping people. I'm obsessed with good things in life. You can change the meaning to it. Okay. I mean, we all yep. use words a little bit differently and that's where, you know, communications can break down and that's why we have to sometimes over communicate or be as clear as we possibly can. Or take a step back and really think about what you're saying and why you're saying it. Yes. I agree. Yes. All right. Um, next up we have 
Josh, April 2nd, 1987, has doubts his wife is being faithful. She's 5'6", 89. I have her chart. I'm, I, You know, when I looked at this, I did analyze and Thank you for giving me time to do so. Yeah. I would say he is a... He worries about things way too much. My concern about this, and if he's listening to this, I wonder if there's something in his psychology, like maybe his relationship with his mother um, or something that happened between his father and his mother and father that causes him to have this fear. Did he experience something in, in his life that relatively made him suspicious? Now, he himself is a secretive person, so he's worried about her. But I looked at his chart and I said, hmm, he could be a little secretive. He has a great personality, you know, motivated, hardworking. His anxiety level is majorly high. He self-sacrifices a lot as well, but he's very territorial and can sometimes take things way to heart. So he has a lot of his own issues that he's kind of covering up, and there's a lot of transference here going on to her. So his anxiety level is pretty high. I like her. I think she um, they struggle a little bit with, I'm going to say this, intimacy. Her temperament's not so great sometimes. She's had a lot of her own issues. They're compatible, but their psychologies are off. They're compatible uh, physically. Um, there's chemistry, but her psychology is not always the greatest. She's not that easy either, but neither is he. So whatever their relationship issues are, I wouldn't have said that she's a cheater. I see her as very committed to him, but I see her temperament like she can shut him out and automatically it triggers something within himself. Like, what's going on? Why is she shutting me out? Well, a lot of it is he's territorial and he's possessive. He needs to get a grasp on that. And one of the things that I've learned, you know, from my background in psychology and growing up, my parents were amazing. Dad was in astrology. He always taught me, never let anyone steal your power. No one should have so much real estate, free real estate in your brain that you're consumed with it to the point that it becomes obsessive. Yep. You're letting them, which we you're, just use that word. You're, you're so I feel that he needs to take a look at what what's the trigger here and what's causing this. If it starts to make him act out of control, then he needs to really take a step back and decide is this the right situation for him or is this something coming from his own psychology. They both have their issues, Eric. They I looked at this closely. I don't know their times of birth, and that is important. You can tell a lot about that, 90%. But from what I could see is she's devoted to him, but her actions show that she plays games. And he plays games. They play games together. So they both need to kind of take a chill pill and really figure this out. Communication or get a therapist. Um, the other side that people often overlook of, and, and it's not completely inaccurate. I understand why people think this way. When uh, Once a cheater, always a cheater. Th- those people might actually be cheaters all the time. The other side of that coin, though, is... Um, once cheated on, you think others will cheat on you. So I can understand right. his, his doubts, but it seems like you're just saying that he's getting a little neurotic or paranoid because of yeah, their... Yeah, he is. He's they, very territorial. Oh, my God. And she feeds into that. She feeds into his insecurity. Whenever you say, Knowing that it makes her feel good about herself, that he is that possessive, but at the same time, is she really doing anything? Right, right. Well, I mean, she might as well if she, he's going to believe that she is. So just go get off with somebody else. No, don't well, do that. Well, the other thing is, what did he witness growing up right. that causes him to have some instability? Did his father go through something with his mother? Did his mother go through something with his father? Somehow this is a trigger. But remember who we are as children. We draw people into our lives that mimic that stress. 
And until we understand it, we're not going to get a grasp on it. You attract what you are. You attract what you see. No, you attract you what attract you are. You attract what you see. You attract what you yeah. are. All right. Uh, uh, next, last up, Aaron. Aaron. Uh, July twenty third, nineteen ninety. Considering asking his, him. considering asking his boyfriend to get married, wants to know when, soon or now or wait till next year. Well, Aaron, if you were sending me his birth date, I would have really been able to see if you should ask him to marry you. But one thing I can tell you or him, um, he is, I love this man. He is amazing. I think he is the sweetest thing on earth. He is traditional. He's kind, full of love, just a really, really good person. I mean, I would wait till the retrograde goes away, which is after January 12th of 2023, and I would definitely make it really, you know, because d- triple Leo, this is a sun sign Leo, emotional signs Leo, thinking signs Leo, triple Leo. So he's going to have to make it really amazing. You can't fly him to Paris, I don't think, and, you know, propose at, at the top of the Eiffel Tower, but do something really outrageously amazing, because I definitely can see that. My month to choose this would be probably February or March of 2023, the beginning of spring, perhaps. I would do it next year. Okay. Who, when should I ask someone to marry me? The answer is never. <laughs> find somebody first because you're the cutest little patootie. So find somebody and then we can look at that date. You will get married someday. I always said you would. No. I had, a, I had a. I had coffee with somebody yesterday and I didn't feel the vibe, but it, but it wasn't awkward. But I'd like to to give it a shot to see if the vibe would be there in oh. another. But I'm not, I'm not counting on anything. Like I am completely um, not disheveled, not disappointed. There's another D word that I'm thinking of when it comes to dating. So, Should well, it I, is. You know, I we'd have to look at the right person. No, you know, the it, right person for you. I, 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 the right person. Let me give you another quote. What was the movie that I, was it? Barbarian. No, uh, the Stanley Tucci. You like Stanley Tucci too, right? Yeah. There's a. I think it was. On, it was on one streaming service, whether it was Prime or Netflix. He is. He killed his wife. He doesn't uh, claim innocence. He's like, look, I lost my head. I killed my wife. I'm going to serve my sentence. And while he's waiting on death row, he helps solve weird crimes because he can get inside the. He was like a very. Um, prestigious professor and he just lost his mind and killed, and killed his wife and he, I love the line he said we're all murderers we just have to find the right person oh my god I love that I completely agree I would totally kill someone well I don't know if I could I think if somebody hurt my family I would definitely right. have that um, inertia that that anxiety to want to go after them so I could I could see you know what we don't know until unless we're in right. that predicament. Do, do, Correct? Let me give you, absolutely. And when you're emotional, you do wild, crazy, outlandish things. You and, do. And I'm going to leave you with one more nugget. It's actually more like a boulder of wisdom. Human beings are very, very bad at predicting what they think their future selves will do or want. You could say, I would never kill anybody, and then somebody stabs one of my dogs, and I will rip you from your toenails to your uh, eyebrows. You know what? We're going to sit down and talk one of these days, and I'm going to tell you what I almost did to somebody one time. We're not going to talk about it on air. Cause it could, but listen. Because you could be implicated, right? 
no, not that bad, but close. How I would are, say close. How are your visits with Denny going? I love Denny. I think he's amazing. I I love the fact that it's short and sweet. I don't feel like I, I just think they're and I love Paul. But I you know, you've always been my favorite. I love Denny, I love Susie and Paul, but you have always been my star DJ. Always. Glad to hear always. It. All right, well can- going back to nineteen eighty three, you are my favorite. What happened in nineteen eighty three? I started in eighty three on radio. God, I was four. The only thing I was doing was yeah. listening to radio or playing my video games. That, well, that's what I'm saying. I started a very, very long time ago, and I was very young. I mean, I was a kid. Right. Um, just, you know, my teens, late teens. But I started, and I love it. And, um, you know, I. but like I said, you have always been my favorite. Always. I will, uh, I'll text you. I'll be in touch, and we'll do it again. And thank you. All right. Bye. Enjoy the holidays, but I'll talk to you. Take care. Bye.